Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. My name is John Boccasino, being joined, of course, by my esteemed colleague and co-host, Jamie D'Amico, joining us. And Jamie, we're getting ready for week 12. The Buffalo Bills face another crucial game in the AFC. They are welcoming the Denver Broncos to New Era Field for a one o'clock showdown. Denver, of course, is a Bit of a down streak here. They've lost four games in a row. The Bills are seven and three, coming off their uh, their most complete performance of the year, albeit against the hapless Dolphins. So as we sit here, let's kind of start with our our thoughts on this game. The Bills should be relatively healthy heading into Sunday's showdown. Only really missing Ty and Shecky as the real noticeable. Uh, injury. Jerry Hughes is expected to play on Sunday. The Bills are expected to have most of their players back besides, I think, Saran Neal and uh, Ty and Shecky are the two that are totally out. So for the most part, the Bills are pretty healthy, but that that blow on the offensive line, how big do you think in Shecky's absence is going to be, especially against a Denver front that can really get after the quarterback? It's going to be a problem, I think, because Cody Ford lining up against Von Miller could get ugly fast. Yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of uh, tight ends and, and backs chipping at at Von Miller on on their way out of the backfield, or perhaps they're just going to stay in and block. Maybe we'll see some more Lee Smith this week. Uh, but you can you can very much bet that Von Miller is going to be lining up over Cody Ford, and it, if he can't take care of Von Miller one on one, they're going to have to figure out some strategies there and also get the ball out of Josh Allen's hands quickly. Because the Broncos, while they haven't been performing well, they're not a bad team. They they haven't figured out how to win. But they're not bad either. In fact, interesting stat here. Uh, four of their losses have been by a touchdown or less, and three of those were two points. Yeah, the Broncos have really you know, been in there. And I think what, what people expected out of this team when the year started was Joe Flacco to kind of be uh, you know, your prototypical game manager who wouldn't turn the ball over too much and wouldn't really excite the fan base but would keep them in the games <clears throat> and allow their top 10 defense to wreak havoc. Uh, that really has been the case as far as the defensive side of things goes. But Flacco obviously is no longer the starting quarterback. Brandon Allen will be starting at under center for the Denver Broncos. We assume uh, he will be the the starter until Drew Locke uh, potentially takes over the Missouri standout uh, from the draft. The Broncos have a quarterback problem for sure. Uh, but before we mm-hmm. move on to their offense, I just want to real quick go back to the Von Miller point because, you know, it's interesting doing some research on this. Um, Von Miller only has five sacks on the year, which is 
far below what you would expect him, you know, to have being such a tenacious pass rusher. Um, he really is a, is a game changer. And Cody Ford is going to have the challenge of his life on Sunday. I think you're right. They're going to keep in uh, maybe a Lee Smith or a tight end, you know, someone. There's going to have to be some help to help chip him and prevent him from really causing all that kind of chaos that he can. Because, you know, if this Jamie, if, if, if Von Miller runs wild on Sunday, which is what they did a lot in building up that 20 to nothing lead over the Vikings last week, um, the Bills are going to be in for a long day. So I don't know. Do you think Cody Ford can be up for the challenge? Hmm. Uh, you know, I'm not a big Cody Ford fan as he the way he plays at right tackle i think he has has a future as a guard can he handle von miller can anybody handle von miller by themselves i don't think that cody ford is going to be up to this i think he's going to need a, a good dose of help and you know fortunately i think that the bills are playing pretty well right now and they're going to be able to figure that out because there are ways of attacking an excellent pass rusher you can run right at him you can bootleg you can move that pocket around so he has to change his angle but the thing with von miller is he's so athletic and so fast you know, you watch Cody Ford have a tendency to lose people that are shifting directions in front of his face and he has a hard time changing direction. Uh, that's, you know, you're going to see a lot of that because Von Miller floats around like he's a defensive back out there. He just he's got amazing feet on him. Is he up for it? Nope. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> well, I think that uh, one of the ways the Bills, like you mentioned, can definitely counter the uh, the God-given talents that Von Miller has is to go about the run game. And really, the first down run game needs to be much better on Sunday than it was in South Beach. That was really one of the few areas where the offense, especially in the goal line, the offense did struggle on the first down runs, especially Devin Singletary. He had a great game. Uh, of course, the two fumbles, which luckily the Bills recovered both times, the two fumbles are problematic. But when it comes to first down yardage on, on offense, you know, Singletary uh, had 10 first down carries last week that produced just 19 total yards, less than two yards a carry. So if Josh Allen and the offense are facing second and eight, second and seven, second and nine, that's going to allow Von Miller and the defense to really come after uh, Buffalo's offensive line. So I think we'll see a lot of Devin Singletary, you know, motor on the draw, motor on runs outside. I'm not sure Frank Gore, this is the game that he's really going to get a healthy dose. If anything, he was going to break out last week, but he only had 27 yards on 11 carries. So to me, Jamie, the best way to counter Von Miller and his talents is to go up the middle with the runs and try to, you know, let Devin Singletary just exploit with his speed uh, what Denver gives them defensively, which I think Devin can definitely have a big game. I, I think he can, uh, of course, you know, Denver has a good defense, but you know, they're not, they're not infallible. Um, and I, I think you're right regarding seeing him over Frank Gore. You know, it seems like Frank Gore is beginning to maybe show some of the mileage, um, you know, or maybe this team just blocks much better for Devin Singletary because of the style that it requires. But, you know, the, the offensive line hasn't been getting a, a great push up the middle. And that's kind of what, what, what Gore's bread and butter has been throughout 
the last couple of years. So we'll see. And I think you're probably going to see Isaiah McKenzie get some more jet sweeps in there because that sort of changes the direction of, of the linebackers and the off or defensive linemen uh, along the way. Well, another area where I think, and I know Jamie, you and I have kind of differed on this because I I've been a buyer and a believer in Dawson Knox for a while. I think you're maybe coming around, but you really, you know, you had your hesitancy with the drops that he was plagued with earlier in the season, but I'm expecting Dawson Knox um, to have a big game, maybe not from the pass catching perception of it, but again, with the pass protection, because, you know, both he and Lee Smith are really quality blockers. You know, Lee Smith has more of a penalty problem than Dawson does, but I think those two are going to play a really, you know, big role in doing something to kind of, again, contain and slow down Von Miller. I also think that this is the game where Cole Beasley is going to continue uh, his, his great season, his first season with the Bills. John Brown gets all the love and, of course, deservedly so because he's off to one of the best seasons that a Buffalo wide receiver has has ever had. Um, when you're putting his name in the comparison with Andre Reid, you know just how much of an impact that Smoke Brown has had on this offense. But to me, Cole Beasley, you know, you're going to have chances to attack this Denver secondary with the quick passes, with the slants, the quick timing routes. And I see Cole Beasley hauling in, you know, six or seven catches and moving the sticks for a couple of big first downs to really be a nice safety blanket for Josh Allen. We know that we're going to see a lot of shifting between single high and two deep safety looks. And that's something that I think they're going to do a lot of, even post-snap, to try to confuse Josh Allen. And if the safeties are moving around like that, you're 100% correct that Cole Beasley has the opportunity to have a good game there. Uh, Because what that means is that the safeties are going to be going the opposite direction of Cole Beasley. Um, But regarding Dawson Knox... I. I do want to set the record straight on this. I actually really like the guy. I think that he has a tremendous amount of talent. I I think that he's every bit as good as the two first round picks uh, that play tight end and including one Noah Fant, who is a member of the Broncos. Um, I think, as I've said before, I think the game is moving a little fast for him and he's sort of losing his concentration along the way. But the tenacity that he plays with, especially blocking, the guy has an attitude and he doesn't quit until sometimes a few seconds after the whistle. Um, I like the guy. I, I think he's incredibly athletic and I think he's got a good future. He just has to figure it out uh, when it comes to, you know, looking the ball in and yeah, I, I do joke about his drops, but, you know, I'm going to keep doing that until he stops doing it. Well, and it's a major problem, Jamie. You're right. I, w- I wasn't trying to undermine, you know, Dawson's contributions, but I mean, it is true. You need to, you, know, you can be a great pass catcher, but the Bills, I think, drafted Dawson Knox more for his pass catching abilities than his pass blocking abilities. But I was pointing out the fact that I think he is a valuable weapon in the pass protection game. And the Bills are going to need that because, you know, they're, again, pressure against both quarterbacks is going to be tantamount to key uh, for victory on Sunday because I think the Bills will blitz Brandon Allen quite a bit. And I expect the Broncos to come after, you know, Josh Allen. And as great as John Brown has been this year, Chris Harris is a whole different matchup level uh, compared to what he's faced for most of this year. So I'll be really curious to see if John Brown can game separation in man coverage against Chris Harris, because if he does, I see a lot of big things happening underneath as well uh, with Cole Beasley uh, for the Buffalo Bills here and the tight ends able to have a big game, but it's going to be tough. Uh, The Denver Broncos clearly are a top 10 defense, even though they're three and seven record. 
wouldn't strike too much fear into the hopes of Bills fans. Their defense can really, you know, the Broncos can really get after an opponent. And uh, if the Bills, you know, don't get the pass protection that they need to, this could be a long day for for Josh Allen, which brings us, of course, to Josh Allen, who is coming off his most complete game as a pro. Uh, He won the AFC Offensive Player of the Week for the second time in his career. Bills fans are looking to see Josh Allen build upon that success. And again, this is going to be a really good test for the second-year quarterback. What if you're Brian Dable, Jamie? What kind of game plan are you dialing up for Josh Allen? I'm having him get the ball out of his hands quickly. Uh, You were mentioning Cole Beasley with the slants. Um, I'm going to throw in a couple of gadget plays too, because I want the Broncos to be in their heads and perhaps looking the other direction or moving the wrong direction, uh, when a play is going one, one way or the other. Uh, that's why I think you're going to see some Isaiah McKenzie's jet sweeps. And I, I think that we're going to try to get Josh Allen to throw the ball quickly because, you know, he does get spooked when there's a lot of blitzing going on. And you can bet that Vic Fangio is going to be sending uh, the house after him because we've seen the success in the past when Josh Allen doesn't know who's going to be blitzing. You know, he, he gets confused. He bails out of the pocket early and he's not the best thrower on the run, even though he's incredibly athletic. So quick three-step drops, get the ball out of his hands, slants, um, maybe we'll even see a couple of screen passes this week. Huh. Wouldn't that be interesting? What a radical concept, Jamie. The Bills do have some, you know, valuable weapons in the screen game, like you said, in Isaiah McKenzie and of course in Devin Singletary. I'll be curious to see. This is Josh Allen's third matchup against a top 10 defense this year, of course. The first two, he did not have good performances. The Patriots game was a terrible, awful, no good performance for Josh Allen. The Eagles game, he played all right for a bit until the second half when he really seemed to be lost out there on the field against a pretty capable defense. So we'll see what Josh can do against Vic Fangio's defense on Sunday. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. course, the Bills are going to have a lot to say with this on their defense against Brandon Allen, who is, I think, playing over his head. I think he's due for, a, you know, the Vikings exposed him, I think, in the second half of their win last week, 27 to 23. I think the Bills pass rush can really get after uh, Brandon Allen. And that's going to be key because Buffalo is coming off a game where they had seven sacks, eight different players had at least half a sack last week of Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I think a big reason for that was the use of Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano as blitzers. Do you see that trend continuing on Sunday, Jamie, where, you know, against this Broncos uh, offense that really likes to air it out to Cortland Sutton. You know, the Broncos can try to take to the air for this one. How much do you think Leslie Frazier is going to rely on extra blitzers and pressure? I think that they're going to be sending blitzers through the rest of the season. You know, the the first half, they were just sending the four defensive linemen after the quarterback, rarely ever blitzing. And they were doing some great things in coverage, but I, I think they learned that they're just, they weren't getting it done 
quarterbacks were having way too long to just stand in the pocket and wait for the receivers to come open. As good as the Bills' defensive backs are, that's just not a recipe for success. So I think the rest of the year, you're going to see the blitzing uh, up the middle and coming off the edge with uh, the likes of Taron Johnson and, and others. Um, you know, Philip Lindsay, while he hasn't had a, a spectacular season, I think I, I think they have one of the best one-two punches in the NFL, frankly. Uh, and I, I think that this is the type of player who's going to give the Bills a run for their money on the ground here. Well, when the Bills do happen to bring that double-A gap blitz, whether it's with Milano or Tremaine Edmonds, they are going to have to be really careful of, yeah, Philip Lindsay or Royce Freeman, you know, slipping out of the backfield. These two are, on paper, they're more talented than they've performed, I think. Lindsay, you know, is averaging only three and a half um, three and a half targets and 13 carries a game, but his rushing performances have not, you know, been as well, I think, as people have expected him to be. Whereas Royce Freeman, um, they're both second year back, so I think can uh, do some damage for the Broncos on Sunday. So that's where it's going to be careful for Leslie Frazier to watch out just how much he brings the blitzes with the extra linebackers versus dropping them back and seeing if they can force an interception or two by putting a confusing look at Brandon Allen, who, again, being as inexperienced as he is, is really, um, I think the pressure is on Buffalo to just get after him with different looks that he hasn't seen before, because when he's faced pressure, like a lot of quarterbacks, he has not done well. And, you know, it makes a lot of sense to do it that way, not only because you can try to confuse him and put pressure on him, but by bringing more people up to the line of scrimmage, you're you're filling in some of the run gaps also. So uh, this seems like the type of game where you're going to see you're going to see the box stacked uh, with eight players and that, you know, while they may drop into coverage, it's a good starting point. Now, we, we talked about this last week, Jamie, here on Believe, um, talking about the matchup of two of the league's best wide receivers in John Brown for the Bills and Cortland Sutton for the Broncos. We know that Cortland Sutton has been a, a, a revolution um, this year so far. He's been a, a great, tremendous story for the Broncos. 49 catches, 805 yards, and five touchdowns. Brandon Allen seems to love finding his target out there. 17 times he's directed passes towards Sutton's way um, in his last two games with 10 catches for a buck 69 and one touchdown. So clearly, as the Broncos go with the pass game, so goes Cortland Sutton. Hopefully, Leslie Frazier is uh, is able to keep Trey White on Sutton because if Levi Wallace draws this matchup for any number of snaps, it just does not look good for Buffalo's defense. How how excited are you to see Trey White and Cortland Sutton go at it? It should be good because, you know, he's the second leading receiver in the AFC behind John Brown, but he's done it with far worse quarterback play in Brandon Allen. And I got to tell you, it's... He's one of those players that kind of upsets me when you look at how the Bills a few years ago traded up in the draft to get Zay Jones, and then Cortland Sutton was taken three picks after that. That one stings a bit. But this guy's a legitimate receiver, and they say they break out in year three. That's exactly what he's doing here. Um, Or is it year four? For wide receivers, I think year three is commonly the the breakout year. And yeah, you would say Sutton is definitely having you know his way out there. He's coming off a five catch, one hundred and thirteen yard effort against the the Minnesota Vikings. And I think that you know Trey White's going to have have his hands full trying to slow down you know Sutton and, and making sure that he doesn't 
wreak havoc over the uh, the deep balls that Brandon Allen might try to throw his way. Of course, Sutton is a taller threat, being six foot five. He's got some good uh, attack points at going up for vertical passes to try to really you know be a game changer downfield. So we'll see what. Trey White comes up with, but another key cog in this Broncos offense is Noah Fant. And you mentioned him earlier as being one of the rookie tight ends. Noah Fant decidedly had a pretty <clears throat> slow start to his Broncos career. He really struggled to get some rapport going with Joe Flacco, but it seems like with Brandon Allen under center, Fant is picking up his production. He had four catches for 60 yards last week against the Vikings. That to me, uh, Jamie, is a matchup where if I'm the Broncos, I know the Bills do very well against tight ends historically this year but this could be a different matchup it it could be and i think what you're going to see the broncos try to do is try to isolate him on lorenzo alexander who does not excel going backwards he's definitely the lorax is definitely at his best when he's playing at the line of scrimmage um so if they can get a matchup on either him or uh, Jordan Poyer, who gives up a lot of size in that matchup. I, I think that you're going to see the Broncos really try to feed him a bit in this game. The guy's an excellent athlete. And, you know, we saw that coming out of Iowa uh, with all that tape, you know, paying attention to, you know, what are the Bills going to do in the first round? Who are they going to pick? And, you know, tight end was a very popular position that Bills fans were looking at. And I, I got to tell you, I was really impressed by this guy. Um, He's got a great future in the NFL, and I, I think if the Bills can try to keep Matt Milano or Tremaine Edmonds on him uh, it, when they're when they're playing man-to-man defense, uh, I, I think that you're going to see some pretty good results there. But like I said, if the Broncos' offense can engineer mismatches, you're going to see a lot of balls go his way. Yeah, no, I definitely think he could be a matchup nightmare, but again, that's why it's important for the pass rush to really get after it. And I'm so happy that Jerry Hughes seems to be much closer to 100% this week with the groin injury than he was last week in South Beach. So thankfully, the Bills, it seems like we'll have their full complement of pass rushers to get after the rookie Brandon Allen, who uh, you know can be definitely vulnerable to some good blitz schemes. Uh, from Leslie Frazier's defense. So Buffalo and Denver squaring off Sunday at New Era Field. Every game is important this time of year, especially in the AFC, as Buffalo tries to get their sixth conference win. Uh, the, the schedule really ramps up in toughness You know, moving forward. We have Thanksgiving with the Cowboys and the Ravens, of course, looming up. But this really is another one of those must-win games for the Bills. Jamie, how do you see the score playing out for this one on Sunday? There's no margin for error for the Bills the rest of the way. This is a team that they should be beating, and I think that that McDermott's going to have them up for this game. And the Broncos, they struggle on the road. At home, they give up 60% uh, of their passes for completions. Their completion percentage given up on the road, 70%. They... They're a good team with a questionable quarterback that hasn't learned how to win yet and certainly can't do it on the road. So the Bills are going to win this one 20 to 10. I like the defensive confidence holding the Broncos to 10 points. I agree. I think this is definitely a must-win game for the Bills. I think they will come out and get a big win. The Broncos' offensive line is really banged up. There could be as many as four starters uh, missing in action on Sunday. I expect the Bills' offense to continue their momentum from last week. I expect a healthy dose of Devin Singletary both on the ground and maybe some nice screen passes. I think that John Brown and Cole Beasley will really have solid receiving performances, each getting at least 
six receptions on the day. I see the Bills defense feasting on the Broncos with their offensive line being depleted. Von Miller's going to do what Von Miller's going to do. I see him having a sack and a half, maybe two against Cody Ford, but it's not going to be enough to get the Broncos the win on Sunday. I will say Buffalo picks up a win here, 27 to 13 uh, to get to eight and three on the year and more importantly, get their sixth AFC win, which of course will be huge uh, for tie-breaking scenarios moving forward. Jamie, uh, it's been fun wrapping up the Bills here, getting ready for your Week 12 contest against Denver at the stadium, a 1 o'clock kickoff. We will be back next week. Give our fans a little programming note. We're only going to be on once uh, next week for the Bill Eve podcast. We will drop a preview of the Dallas Cowboys Thanksgiving clash early in the week. And then, Jamie, I think we should take some time off to uh, be with our loved ones and enjoy the holiday. Oh, your loved ones want to spend time with you? Huh. You know, I, I, I bribe them in, in wine and, uh, and in great baked goods. So I think that really helps to make them want to take me off well, their Mine hands. don't want to see me at all. They said, hey, you're married now. Why don't you go see your wife's family? <laughs> I love the self-deprecating humor we bring here on uh, on Believe, but uh, you know, hopefully the Bills get a big win. We have a lot to be thankful for getting ready for uh, the Week 13 matchup with the Cowboys. You can come back here to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast, to get ready for that game, of course, with Jamie D'Amico and myself, John Boccasino. For now, we're going to sign off. Please go follow us on social media at Buff rumblings you can give jamie all the credit in the world on uh, his twitter account by following him at the jamie d'amico and of course i am at john Bacasino. we welcome all your feedback on our podcast and thank you for stopping by here on believe a buffalo bills fan podcast